Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. What else raises cortisol besides stress? We all know that stress is a big part of how our hormones start raging and that stress can be caused from many different things, real and imagined. But what else causes our cortisol to rise? So if stress is not the only thing that raises your cortisol levels and your anxious feelings, what what does? I have a few items here I want to cover so that you can take care of business, which means control the things you can and let go of the things that you can't, meaning don't add extra worry to the things that you can't control. But I think you're going to find a lot that I have to talk about today is very well within your circle of influence. So let's start off with our favorite one, which is caffeine. I know you've heard me talk about it so many times, and I'm going to talk about it again because it amazes me still that people will finally say they dropped off this caffeine or that caffeine and what a huge difference it made. So this isn't just something that I'm talking about because I read about it or just because I did it myself and it worked, which by the way, it did. It is something I see over and over again. So if you can take a page out of my book and all of the other people that have reported to me that once they let go of the caffeine, they had a remarkable difference. So caffeine does raise your cortisol significantly. And so today that's what we're talking about. What else besides our own stress imagined and real can raise our cortisol and caffeine's number one on that list? Especially if you are having caffeine over and over again throughout the day, what you're doing then is you're adding more and more fuel to your anxious fire all throughout the day. Now you may not be having, um, you know, a triple espresso, which uh, we won't get into it here, but espresso actually has less caffeine than drip coffee. But that that isn't what we're talking about today, because I think at this point, if you are suffering with anxiety, you need to let go of all of your caffeine. Yes, even chocolate. For now, this isn't forever. But if someone told you that all you had to do to relieve the pain in your foot was to untie your shoe and shake out the stone, and it would eliminate the pain you've been walking around with for two years, 10 years, 20 years. Now, maybe taking that stone out of your shoe isn't going to make everything feel better immediately because you've got some pain that's been there for a long time. But that wound that was caused by the stone in your shoe and that pain for all those years will take a little time, but it'll go. And so why not? Why not try these things that are within your control? Obviously, what's happening in the world is not in within our control. Things that life throws at us, which is a ongoing event in our lives. There's things come. 
Life ebbs and flows. And so we don't have control over every single wave that comes. But the caffeine wave, you do have control over. So if you're adding bits of caffeine throughout your day, I want you to consider letting it go because what you're doing is the caffeine acts as a stressor. It's your body lets out cortisol, which we're talking about today, which is produced uh, in the adrenal glands. It's one of the stress hormones and it lets it out as if you had had a fright or a scare or bad news or that you were extremely worried about something. So it's acting as an additional stressor. So consider letting go of the caffeine. And if you have any questions about it, post them in the big Facebook group or send me an email. I'm really happy to uh, walk you through this one if that's what you need. The second one that I have here on today's list is alcohol. Now this is an interesting one because alcohol has uh, dual effects. So we want to tease those out a little bit here. First of all, it does raise cortisol. Even more cortisol is released than if you had a stressor. We often look at uh, letting go of alcohol when we're struggling with our anxiety panic because of the next day, the after effects, the hangover, if you will, even if you don't have as extreme as you might call a hangover. It's often the next day that people are feeling the effects of alcohol and have, that can often be an initial panic attack happens during a hangover or a day after alcohol consumption. But some other people who drink more moderately or don't have enough to cause uh, an ill effect the next day report that alcohol calms them down. So this is what I'm talking about in that it has a dual effect because alcohol does bring you down a few notches. What we often haven't paid attention to though was that it not only does it uh, bring you down a few notches, it decreases your respiration, heartbeat. I mean, you really, that's why people drink it, right? You get chill, you come down a few notches. Uh, the mind gets the numbing effect uh, from the alcohol. Inhibition is lost. Worry is lost. But along with that, cortisol is released even more than if you had a stress. We want to pay attention to this because some of you have been trying to tease this out. You've been confused why you might feel uh, really uncomfortable with alcohol when someone else around you is reporting that they feel relaxed and somewhat chilled out or numbed out uh, by the same alcohol. So again, you want to remember that I, I hear often people report that alcohol, even small amounts, cause them anxiety and panic, and that it uh, rises rapidly once they start drinking. One of the big things that happens to people with their alcohol is that they report dissociative feelings, and this rises rapidly with the more alcohol they consume. So that would alone would be enough reason to let it go, 
to find another way to relax or to be social. And there's lots of things that we can talk about there that would be a whole podcast in and of itself of dealing with the alcohol in our lives and how to either move beyond it or continue in a very alcohol accepting social lifestyle. It's okay. You can still do what you need to do and uh, not have to trigger yourself with raising your cortisol and causing yourself um, anxiety, possibly panic, and to feel um, dissociative, to have a lot of people report depersonalization. First time that clicked in for them was with their alcohol consumption. Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. So let's go on to our third one. Insulin. The release of insulin in our body raises our cortisol level. Again, this is another one that can get confusing and be hard to tease out because we release insulin when we've eaten, um, Carbohydrates, it's a normal process. It's supposed to happen. And the higher the the refined carb or the, actually the real big culprit here is sugar. So once that is uh, taken in, in a quantity enough to raise your insulin, people actually feel good because the carbohydrate consumption helps people to feel calm, satisfied, satiated. That's a warm kind of feeling that you get after a meal. It's usually a meal that had uh, carbohydrate in it. And that's why another reason that people crave sugar is there is a real change that happens. And it also happens that the rise in insulin causes a rise in our cortisol. And so this is got to be taken into consideration when you're considering what it is that you're eating and whether that is affecting your anxiety and your stress levels. Because if you are eating enough that you're raising your insulin all day, because actually we're not meant to eat all day, like we have times we eat and then the body resets, you know, our insulin comes down, blood sugar comes back down, 
everything goes to homeostasis. Then we get low, we get hungry, we eat, everything goes back up. It's kind of like ebb and flow again. So much of life is about this ebb and flow. And so is our insulin and sugar and our bodies. But when we eat all day, we may be adding spikes in our insulin if we're eating sugary foods or drinks, which is extremely common. And there's, it's so common and so available that you may not even be cognizant of exactly how much you are taking in. Again, this would be a whole great show. Again, we could do something about blood sugar once again, because if you are adding bits of insulin spikes all throughout your day, you're also adding cortisol spikes. Now, not everyone is going to have that be a problem for them. Same with caffeine and alcohol, right? Like a lot of people, that's not a big deal. But if you are oversensitized and dealing with anxiety, anxiety, panic, OCD, any of these stress-related sensations or qualities you want to pay attention. You have to do this as an experiment of N equals one. This is just about how you are affected. You don't need to worry about what the general public, how they respond. What matters here is how your body at this time and place in life. Again, our bodies change over time. I'm old enough to have seen my body go through a number of seasons, actually acting differently with same amounts of food, same amounts of uh, fuel mix, carbohydrates, fats, uh, proteins. You really get to see that your body changes over time, and we have to respect that and go with it. This doesn't matter what it says in the literature. This matters how your body is responding. So remember, spikes in insulin are going to cause spikes in your cortisol, which are going to cause you to feel anxious. It's like getting bad news on the phone. So watch the sugars. Another one that I want to talk about is insomnia. Now, this is an interesting point because the insomnia and anxiety panic, it's kind of a cycle. It's like which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because insomnia, the lack of sleep, the fact that you can't get a good night's sleep or a complete night's sleep raises your cortisol substantially. Lack of sleep is considered stressful to your body. It feels that as a stress, a danger, if you will. And it causes an increase in the cortisol release. It's telling you, you got to do something, you got to change something. It's that danger signal. You can often see the downward spiral happening here. You don't get a good night's sleep, then you're reaching for a cup of coffee to rev yourself up or to get that burst of energy so that you can at least get the day started. And that causes more cortisol to be released. Being ramped up all day at work or doing your life with your children in your home, and then looking for alcohol or a simple carbohydrate at night to relax, to chill, to to go down, to numb a little bit, if you will. All of this causing more and more cortisol to be pumped out, adding fuel to the anxiety fire that is already burning. 
Well, this is the first level of adding insult to injury for anxiety and all the related sensations that go along with being ramped up. What happens is there's another level here, and that level is adrenal burnout. I've recently done an episode on that. Listen to episode 294. That's 294 for more information on the adrenals. But here I want to say that that's what happens is we have this first level of simply adding insult to injury with our anxiety by trying to ramp up in the morning and then trying to calm down at night. And all of it is adding to our cortisol release. So it's not like ramping up gets the cortisol going and then at night what we choose to do reduces it. No, those things that we do to calm down at night are also adding fuel to the fire, adding in carbohydrates to chill. I know a lot of you out there will admit to, because you report it to me over and over again, that that's what you crave at night. That's very common and natural. Your body's actually looking for what it knows will will kind of chill you out a little bit because in one sense it does, but it also raises your cortisol. So does the alcohol. So the things we're doing at night are not totally getting us out of the woods. We may feel calm in the short term. We may even fall asleep with having had some alcohol. But as everyone knows, those alcohol sleeps are not restful. They don't get you into the kind of sleep that you need. And then you're dealing with poor sleep, which is also could lead to the insomnia that we talk about, which is a stressor to your body. So you see, this is like this endless cycle. It just keeps going around and around. Other symptoms that include but are not limited to having too much cortisol going on in your body is are things such as asthma, seasonal allergies, respiratory complaints of any kind, dizziness, depression, extreme tiredness after exercising, frequent urination, insomnia, low blood pressure, low blood sugar, poor circulation, weight gain. These are just some of the other symptoms that are included with having too much cortisol being released over and over again. Does any of that sound familiar? I know that it does because these are the exact same symptoms and sensations, if you will, that we have listed when we talk about what does it feel like to have anxiety? What does it feel like to be overstressed? What does it feel like in the body? These are the things that happen. And so we want to be sure that we're paying attention, that we can begin to see the thread that is going through all of the fabric of these things we're talking about is the fact that our body is overstressed and it is releasing cortisol over and over again. And again, that's layer one. If it goes on for too long, we end up in adrenal burnout or adrenal fatigue, which means that the adrenals are are running out of juice. Listen to episode 294 for more on that. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do about this? 
going to take you back to the start of our episode with the four major influences uh, that you can control. The things that you can do to control the amount of cortisol that you are releasing into your system. And again, this is what we want to do in life is to control the things we can. And then we can let go of the things we cannot control because we know we are doing everything we can in the areas that we we do have influence. So start by eliminating caffeine. It isn't uh, fun in the beginning. You're not going to feel good when you let go of it, but, but that's okay. You can get through it. And if you need some help, send an email. We're happy to talk to you about it. You can eliminate alcohol. Again, this could be easy for some and really difficult for others, but it's, uh, it's going to be a big part in your ability to be able to control the amount of cortisol that is being released in your body day in and day out or more evening in and evening out with the alcohol. And we want to be able to control our insulin. The big piece here is to be able to eliminate added sugar. Now, You can also begin by looking to see where products that you use regularly, how much sugar is in them. But first start with not having any added sugar in your life. If you take coffee with sugar, your decaf coffee, of course, I know that's what we're talking about um, because you've already let go of your caffeine. And we have to really look at this carefully. And that means any sweetener, I'm going to say it, eliminating the sweeteners, sugar being the top dog there. We want to be sure to eliminate that because it does increase your insulin, which is increasing your cortisol spikes. The jury is out on some of the other sweeteners, but if I uh, were in the middle of feeling very anxious right now, and that's what I thought might be able to help me, I would let it go. And the other thing that you want to be able to do is get back to getting a good deep sleep. And how do you do that? You want to be sure to be getting sunlight early in the day. You want to eliminate light from your screens an hour or two before you go to bed. And if you need to be on screens right up until bedtime, use yellow or orange glasses. They actually make ones that look cute now. Keep your room as dark as possible. Some places that's easy to do. Other places you need room darkening kind of curtains or shades. And this can make a very big difference. I want to suggest that if you're struggling with anxiety, if you are having insomnia ever, that you want to do this. Make your room as dark as possible. Also make it as cool as possible. I am always an advocate of if you like to stay covered up at night, that's great, but stick your feet out. Have your feet at least sticking out. It'll help keep your body temperature down and that will keep you asleep. We cannot sleep when we are too hot. It just is, it just doesn't work. We don't go into deep rest. So again, uh, no caffeine, uh, during the day because you can have had caffeine even before noon and have it disrupt your sleep depending on you. Again, this is N equals one. This is the experiment of you and what works for you. You can also use melatonin. If you were going to try anything as a sleep kind of aid, I would suggest that melatonin would be a great place to start. There are also some great herbs, and I know we've talked about herbs uh, in other podcasts. 
So if you want more on sleep, you can listen to episode 183. That's episode 183. Some other things you can do is to remember to add in your meditation. Slow down. Even during the day, slow down. You can add mindfulness practices. You can begin by savoring what you have in your life and being grateful for it. Gratitude and reconnecting with your deep inner essence can make the fact that you have to make these changes, letting go of some of these things that you may have enjoyed for quite a while, and you don't have to let go of them forever. But by having gratitude and reconnecting with your deep inner essence can help you make those changes more easily. And now for today's quote. Somehow in our modern civilization, we have acquired the idea that the mind is working best when it runs at top speed. Yet a racing mind lacks time even to finish a thought, let alone to check on its quality. When we slow down the mind, we work better at everything we do. Not only is the quality of our work better, we are actually able to get more done. A calm, smooth-running flow of thought saves a lot of wear and tear on the nervous system, which means we have more vitality and resilience in the face of stress. And that's from Eknath Eswaran. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com. 